Silver, Smith comes out to the neutral zone, deals right, Marcheseau fires, he scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marcheseau, 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Wallace Millard live from T-Mobile Arena. Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the Just had a chance to walk around the rink a little bit and connect with uh, some of my uh, co-workers from the VGK and to a person Mm -hmm. there is a vibe about this game an anticipation about this game a little bit of nervousness being down to nothing for the first time in franchise history but i would say it would be outweighed by the uh anticipation of watching these two teams in a playoff game in person because what we witnessed in game two only wet our appetite oh 100 like i i woke up giddy this morning and and it's because we get to be in the building it's because this is our first look at these two teams live on the ice in front of us in the building and and i honestly could not wait for this game i still can't wait for this game the next three hours we could just hurry up that'd be great uh make sure if you are coming to t-mobile arena you give yourself probably an extra 30 minutes on top of what you would normally do. Uh, Certainly uh, 30 minutes on top of the reduced crowds that we've gone through. If you've been through the games from the 2,600 to the 7,600 to the the 12,000, there's going to be 18,000 people in the building, which means uh, more vehicular traffic, more foot traffic uh, getting from the parkades uh, into Toshiba Plaza, and then a little bit of weight to get into the building so uh, a good 30 minutes uh, start and you won't miss anything uh, we know that they do an incredible presentation pre-game new opponent mm-hmm. first time uh, first home game in the second round yeah. and there's always something uh, to freshen it up you don't want to miss that show uh, so nighttime at 6 30 and then uh, and then get settled in for the opening face-off in which is uh, a big game i don't think that the two games at home are must-win for Vegas, but I think tonight is, just yeah. based on, on trying to avoid going down 3 nothing, 3-1, if, if, it, if that's the way it ends uh, after Sunday, that's manageable. Yeah, I mean, I think especially based on what we saw in the first round with the Minnesota Wild going yeah. down three games to one, being able to come all the way back, force a game seven, even though Minnesota was Montreal. Un- yeah, Montreal too. Like even though Minnesota was unsuccessful in their attempt against Vegas, the precedent is there for three-one series leads evaporating, and you can kind of see reasons why. But for me, like I look at tonight's game, and and if I'm the Golden Knights, like I'm not worried about game four on Sunday I'm worried about this game the first period the first shift and really putting together a complete game as best you can starting right now like for the Golden Knights this game is a big one I do I do agree with you Darren like in that the Golden Knights need this one Uh, but 
I, I want to see the Golden Knights just put together a really solid game tonight, get the result, bury their chances, and then go from there. I would take game two with a couple of bounces off the post <laughs> and, and in. Like the game, game two, the first period was white knuckle. Like we're talking uh, slow right down and keep your eye on the road and, and squint through the snow uh, and uh, hope you don't hit a patch of ice. That was, that was a little bit more uh, eventful than I needed it to be. Mm-hmm. But the second and third, I, I would take an exact repeat of that and take my chances that the puck's going to go for you. Yeah, I don't think that there's going to be much in terms of, of changes from, from what we see out of the Golden Knights. I think they did a really good job in the second and third period of game number two. I, I would expect the Colorado Avalanche to, to be a little bit better in, in terms of their game. Uh, I don't think they were particularly happy with their second and third period. I, I think they're going to look for more opportunities through the neutral zone to gain the zone with speed. But I think that what we got out of the final two periods in game two is what this series is going to be the rest of the way. And that's just two really good teams trying to impose their will on one another. And there will be stretches where the Golden Knights are going to dominate play. There will be stretches where Colorado is going to dominate play. And it's going to come down to whichever team is more opportunistic in their opportunities. Uh, look at the last nine periods that these teams have faced each other. And there's, so there's the three. Uh, I, overtime ended too fast to count it as a, a true yeah, period. Yeah. So the three in game two, uh, the blowout, three periods in game number one, and then the last regular season game here at T-Mobile, which uh, allowed the Colorado Avalanche to have the home ice advantage and the President's Trophy uh, win, the one that Vegas played with the 15 skaters. Those three periods, Vegas outplayed Colorado handily. Mm-hmm. The three periods in game number one flip back towards the the avalanche. And then two of the three in in game two were in the Golden Knights' favor. You've got a you've got a real close split there, five four mm-hmm. yeah. be, between the two. And and that I think um, expands on on the season series where it was four four for Vegas, four three one for the Colorado Avalanche. So you're it's it's been so balanced that I think you're going to see little tips and almost basketballish, like the like NBA game where a team will go on a little run and then a team will respond with a little run. Um, I think that's where we'll settle into this set. Yeah, and and for the Golden Knights, once you've got a little bit of a run by Colorado, once they are starting to to bring their game up, it's all about trying to minimize the amount of chances they get in those periods and then wrestling back the, that momentum for the golden knights it's all about stopping that as quickly as you can and then just getting right back to your game plan so the crowd this atmosphere <laughs> it's going to be insane yeah and not just because it's game three and uh, and they want to will the vegas golden knights uh, into this series but eighteen thousand voices which we haven't had in more than a year uh, it's the first time that these two clubs will play in that atmosphere and there's two ways that that what the medieval maniacs uh can do to this game on an influence standpoint here's here's the broad scope of it this environment can get the other team excited mm-hmm. it's great for the golden knights and it's great for the fans but it also has an impact on on getting even the avalanche fired up where it can really take hold is if you put the Golden Knights executing their game plan 
with a hard forecheck and and buzzsaw type intensity on the ice. Couple that with this gong show, this nightclub uh, that is just like sensory overload. Yeah. Sensory overload on its own is fun. Yeah. For both sides. But you couple it with the Golden Knights doing their thing, fast hockey, physical hockey, and what happens is the the opposition, in this case the the Colorado Avalanche, looks around and says, they're coming from everywhere. It's like a swarm. (laughs) We, We can't keep up. Yeah. And you when you connect the two, it's like plugging something in. You get that electricity, and it just starts humming. And if we, if you can get that tonight, and if we can witness that tonight in, in the first 10 minutes of the first period and put Colorado on their heels a little bit and get something out of it, mm-hmm. not just uh, a little momentum, but something uh, tangible on the scoreboard, it could be in for one of those memorable nights. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree with you. I, I look at this 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 potential with the crowd and as we're sitting here at the top of section 117 and we are looking out Who's over the section crowd, is 117 I, hey listen i love your setup like it's I, pretty good this is I, where we do the tv games i don't i wouldn't be mad at it if i were you uh and i'm looking at all the seats and i'm looking at all the white towels and i'm looking at uh, just how much more alive this building feels without the seat covers I can only imagine what it's going to translate to during warm-up, what it's going to translate to during the national anthem, and then what it's going to translate to once this puck is finally dropped. And, and I think, again, when it comes to the Golden Knights and it comes to this crowd and this building at capacity, you get one, you, you can usually turn it into two, turn it into three. And I think for the Golden Knights, offensively, that's the best-case scenario. You've got to get one early, and you've got to keep – trying to to push that pace because for for the Golden Knights and Philip Grubauer specifically I thought he played really well in game two and you want to know early on in this one that you're going to be able to beat him he got some breaks man he, he got some some posts some the net coming off the moorings and then a, then a post which would have been a fascinating uh, call Review, yeah. if if that would have went in with Riley Smith and then there was the Alex Tuck play you, you kind of go back and you you look at the the game and uh, and I skim skim through it mm-hmm. today I was at the office and and we were looking at one play in particular uh, one of the uh, uh, people at the my boss actually grabbed me and, and showed me. <laughs> I was I was going to pretend that I stumbled on it, but I can't. I can't. Just in, just in case my boss is listening, show me the play. Remember the Alex Tuck breakaway? Mm-hmm. Came out of the penalty box. Yeah. The Golden Knights were icing that puck. Yeah. And Tuck grabbed it in the neutral zone and went down. But Grubauer was out of his net, ready to play it on an icing, mm-hmm. or, or sorry, uh, sending the puck down the ice. He was caught three feet out of the net to the left. And and not anywhere close to being where he would like to play a breakaway. Sure. And he scrambled back, and he, and he scrambled well. But but I guarantee you, his thought process was, I'm screwed. <laughs> like the fastest, one of the fastest guys in the league is coming down on yeah. me. I'm in no man's land. And he found a way to make that save uh, out of desperation, uh, and and Pierre just making it up. There wasn't uh, there was nothing technical about that save. But it's one of those ones where. You get that puck to go. Sure. You get one of the posts to go. Uh, so Grubauer was was all world and full value for the win here in the last regular season game between the two clubs. Uh, I thought he got a few much-needed breaks in game two. Yeah, the, the, the posts were certainly in favor of the Colorado Avalanche. Philip Grubauer 
got some some bounces there. I, I just I still think that when you're when you're looking at the Golden Knights and you're looking at the, this team and when they play as well as they did through those two periods and had as many chances as they did, uh, the onus is on the Golden Knights not to get frustrated. And I think uh, go, you score early. Did you think they did? No, I didn't. But I think that if you can if you can come in here tonight and get one early, first five minutes, mm-hmm. then. I think all that frustration, if there, if there was any building, goes away. But if, if you can't find a way to solve Philip Grubauer early in this game, then I think that that can creep in a little bit. So I, I do think getting a goal in that first period, I would even say as, as, as early as five to seven minutes, would go a long way for the Golden Knights. The, the posts, I think, take away some of the frustration than normally just running into a hot goaltender. Like, it's different. It's still like mind-numbingly frustrating <laughs> when you hit that many posts and, and you don't get uh, just one of them to, to fall into the net. But it's a different kind of frustration. It's not Grubauer getting in your head. And he, and he did. He was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't Grubauer doing it. It was the post. You don't like my idea that we should go back there and measure those posts at, uh, at Ball Arena. I think there are some funny things going on there. I mean, you can take a trip. I, I would love to. I love Denver. Why don't you go? It's it's go awesome. Me- go specifically to measure the post. I, maybe I'll go back there for game five just with my tape measure. <laughs> but it's hard to get those things to wrap <laughs> smoothly. Are you, are you going to bring gear so you can do the show from there? Uh, oh, yeah, I would have like, to do Like that. on the ice? Yeah, right beside the well, post. Actually, you know what? We'd have to get a, a video camera on you as you are yeah. measuring the post. Go ca- GoPro. Yeah, exactly. Go, GoPro uh, here. <laughs> hey, uh, Kevin Woodley from uh, Ingle uh, Magazine is going to join us in just a little bit uh, because I wanted to get you to have a conversation with him about the Besna Trophy mm-hmm. uh, race. And now that we've got the finalists, Kevin can kind of walk us through not just the wins and the and the save percentage and the goals against average, but some of the uh, deeper numbers that uh, will separate Philip Grubauer, Mark andre Fleury, and Andre Vasilevsky. But can you do me one thing when Woodley comes on? Sure. Can you? And this, just pretend, okay? Okay. But, do but I have you, to write this down? No, no, no. Okay. Just say, say, Kevin, are wins still the most important thing? <laughs> when it comes to determining the Vesna Trophy winner, and you got it, you have to ask it straight laced. Okay, I can do that, and and, and see because it might make his head explode. And okay, I tend to enjoy every now and then stirring the pot, so I I would appreciate I'm a, that. <laughs> I'm a big fan of you making me do it. That's totally fine. well because he'll know he'll know yeah. from me, and we can't trust Chapman to do it, right? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. It'll be like, hey, uh, ice cream and uh, uh, what mountain lions are dying and uh, what, what? Hold on. Mallard, what was I supposed to ask again? Hey, there, there, uh, there was okay. a, uh, yeah, there you go. a story this morning on the news about the mountain lions. We can expect more. And ice cream is good. Ice cream is very good. Remember, every word you say, you take away from words at the end of the show. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Just keep keep on going, and you won't get your segment at all. We'll call it Catching Up with Chapman. It already happened. <laughs> ben and that's, Jerry's. That, that, that's okay. So um, one thing that, <laughs> that, that people will notice when they, they uh, watch the game or are here, uh, just want to paint the, the picture for, for everybody in case you, you won't be able to visually see the game if you're listening to it on radio uh the the glass behind the benches and the penalty boxes that have been taken out for ventilation 
during the course of the, uh, the, the COVID return to play. That's all been put back in. That's the first time I noticed that, and I've been in the rink for about an hour and a half. Okay, so yeah. that's there is still tarp. Uh, the tarps around the end of the rink and the sides of the rink are all gone except for immediately behind the players' benches, both mm-hmm. Colorado and, and Vegas player benches. There's still two tarps. Uh, the seat coverings that we've uh, become so familiar with, the gold and the red, are covering the the first two rows at ice level beside each bench. So there's no seating behind the benches or immediately beside the benches. And that goes for the first two rows behind the penalty box and the first two rows beside the penalty box. Other than that, from what I've been able to tell, it's full-on capacity. Yeah, open for business. But it's, it's a beautiful sight. Yeah. So there's uh, the, the the players will probably notice it a, a little bit uh, with that glass there. They might be able to to hear a little bit better on the bench because yeah. there's that shield, uh, just that that, that barrier uh, between the two. But uh, it's it's incredible that the only seat coverings are right beside uh, the timekeeper's bench, uh, the penalty box area, and the players' bench, and everything else has a towel on it. Yeah, it, we're looking at, I mean, probably in the ballpark of, of 40 seats, 50 seats that, that, are, that have seat coverings. Everything else is open. And, and that, I don't know, it's, as, as we've gotten more and more capacity, I think you just continue to whet your appetite for what this building's going to be like when everyone's back in, when mm-hmm. you have capacity, and how it's been leveled up every single time and how the fans have really met that expectation i can't wait for tonight i cannot wait to hear this building at full capacity again i'm so excited for it i didn't think that we would see this this season i didn't either there's i i wouldn't even have placed a bet on it i just never thought that we would get close to capacity. I thought the tarps were here yep. for the entire season, and I thought social distancing, whether whether you had to keep six feet away or three feet away uh, from your party, I thought that would be in place the entire time. Like, suites and seats are here. That's a credit to Nevada. Mm-hmm. And and the vaccination process and, and getting our numbers down uh, from COVID-19 and being in a place where they can open things back up. Perfect? No. Uh, we're still dealing with uh, tragedy and, and diagnosis of, of COVID-19, but this is, this is pretty darn amazing to, to contemplate what we're going to, to see. We started the first month, month and a half, with no fans. And then we got those two games against the Minnesota Wild, and we were thought we were in heaven. Yeah. And it was uh, so in- emotional. And at each step, you could feel it more and more. And the impact of the crowd where the murmur was gone, it's finished. If you are coming to the game, though, bring a sweater. Because uh, as they add more people, they lower the rink temperature uh, to make sure that it's controlled with the uh, the ice quality. So you will find it uh, a little chilly tonight compared to usual. You know, it's, it's not like you have it really good over here where you do TV, because the the last couple of games here were very chilly for me over mm-hmm. at the, the old radio broadcast. Yeah. Right here, it's perfect. It's fantastic. 
Like you're lucky. Poodles, baby. Teeth and hair. <laughs> it's 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 all about the teeth and hair. You just build me like an adjacent desk to do the radio right here during I, the regular I, season. Come I, on. I would do that. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a little secret. This is how the media works. <laughs> all right. Radio is the most fun you can have. Yeah. Uh, TV. You get treated better and you make more money. That's 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 the difference between radio and TV, right there. Radio is far more fun and enjoyable. TV, pay more and you get treated better. And right now, you're getting the most of uh, best of both worlds. Yeah, I, I'm going to take it. What do you think of the, this TV gig? I, it's fantastic. I, I I couldn't ask for a better spot to watch the game. Yeah, Honestly, we, like, Section One Seventeen is the best. Yeah, and uh, and you get to see everybody walking back and forth to the fortress to the castle. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what Mark and Katie Marie have uh, planned with the uh, with the presentation, the game presentation staff. And uh, what, one more thing on on tonight, mm-hmm. we're here three hours before the game, yeah. doing the VGK Insider Show, four to six. With the great privilege of being inside T-Mobile, Eddie Olchek and Kenny Albert will call the game from up top, and between the benches is Brian Boucher. Just to give you an idea of, of what their schedule is like, like Bush is, is down there between the benches right now and has been for 25 minutes or so going through, uh, looking at different packages and, and different uh, things, uh, presentations, angles that uh, he and the uh, the production truck want to talk about. That guy's putting in some time right there. Mm-hmm. Do you like him? Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. I, I think, you, you know, I, I don't know. There's something about being in this building in anticipation of this game that kind of brings me right back to when everything started, when the pandemic hit and when there was so much uncertainty about finishing last season. There was so much uncertainty about how it was all going to work. And I I go back to your comment earlier about how you wouldn't have bet that this would be something that we'd see Mm -hmm. this year, this season. And I just, the, 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 how fortunate we are to be in this building to watch these two teams who, you know, in the second round of the playoffs, it's going to be a shame that one is going to have to go home, that one season will be over. But I'm so, for, I'm so glad that we get this series, and I'm so glad that there are going to be 18,000 fans in the building tonight to be able to witness it because this series played in front of no fans just wouldn't feel the same. You're right. And hopefully they can get to bigger numbers in, in Colorado. Looks like the, they're trending in that direction by the time the series returns uh, to Ball Arena. It's going to be fun. Uh, you also have to execute, and that'll be the next challenge. I wonder if there's – at times I, I've been probably overly conscious of – whether or not Vegas has tried to rein in their emotion too mm-hmm. much instead of letting it fly and try not to get caught up in, in everything. Uh, I, and there is a fine line there mm-hmm. being like, ah! uh, and, and going out there and you, you get caught up out of position <laughs> and you're, you're, you're just running around uh, a little squirrely or just being too reserved and not being uh, into it enough because you're afraid of, of, of getting caught up in the moment. I hope they, if they err on one side, I hope it's on, on, the, uh, on the former. 
just let it let it go. That's that's where I'm at. Like I think you you know you're in a situation where you're down 2-0 in the series and you have this this building that's ready to go and ready to rock and ready to explode at at any really anything. So if you want to lean into the emotion of the moment right now in this game, I think that's the perfect opportunity to do it for the Golden Knights. And and yes, there has to be a little bit of of understanding that mistakes are going to be you can't make too many of them here, mm-hmm. but I think you just got to go out and play. Go. And and you know what? Vegas wins tonight. Opportunity to tie the series on Sunday. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hockey fans all over the Las Vegas Valley, you could be here on Sunday, courtesy of us. We can. Yeah, let's do it right now. Caller number 10, you will win a Golden Knights hat and a two-foot sub from Porta Subs, as well as being qualified to win two tickets to the Golden Knights Avalanche game this Sunday at T-Mobile Arena. 702-876-1340 is the number. Caller number 10, you've won a hat, a two-foot sub from Porta Subs, and you'll be in our drawing for Game 4 tickets to VGK Colorado this Sunday. Where does Marc-Andre Fleury fit among the finalists for the Vesna Trophy? Our goalie guru, Kevin Woodley will join us next on the BGK Insider Show ahead of Game 3 of the West Division Final on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Got a big one tonight. Game 3, West Division Final. BGK Radio Network will have the pregame show at 6 o'clock on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Up until then, it's the BGK Insider Show. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace getting you set. Golden Knights trying to hit the board in this one. As the series moves to the strip, 18,000 fans will be in the building tonight watching two Vesna Trophy finalists square off. Philip Grubauer against Marc-Andre Fleury. And uh, we'll give this series a little bit of a rest and talk about this Vesna Trophy race. We know it comes down to Andre Vasilevsky, Flower, and Grubauer. And to dive into the Vesna Trophy conversation, uh, here is our goalie guru from InGoal Magazine, InGoal Radio, the podcast, uh, Kevin Woodley. Follow him from uh, Kevin's InGoal. Woody, how are you? I'm good. See, this just affirms that uh, you've never seen me actually play the position, Darren, as much as we get to talk about it on the In Goal podcast. Because uh, as soon as you see me, then the guru thing is out the window. Well, you know a lot about goaltending. Because that's my beer league teammate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, 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 go, uh, they always look at you and go, I thought you were supposed to be good. No, I just know a lot about it. I'm not, I'm not really good. I, I think you, you sell yourself short. Uh, Ryan Wallace and Darren Millard with Kevin Woodley. So, Kevin, are wins still the most important thing when GMs determine the Vezina Trophy winner? <laughs> For GMs, it seems to be. Um, that doesn't mean it's the right thing, uh, but that certainly seems to be the key factor. I mean, you know, once again this year, you can just basically go over to NHL.com, click on goalie stats, and, and sort by wins and go one, two, three, and there's your Vezina Trophy finalists. And, I'd like to think that more work went into it than that, but there are years when I'm not so sure, certain that uh, for at least okay, a Woody, lot of them that there is more work going into Woody, it. Woody, i got to jump in here. I planted that question. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you're, you're trying to get me fired up, eh? Well, like, that is a way to get, like, I've calmed. Yeah. If this was Monday or Tuesday, you would have had an epic rant. But I've since mellowed. Um, after, you know, talking to Darren yesterday and seeing how, how well and how graceful – Gracefully, he handled his internet problems for us. <laughs> I figured that I could manage 
you know, to cope with the incompetence of general managers when selecting the best trophy and the finalists. So, um, listen, at the end of the day, actually, Philip Gruber, and you guys saw it firsthand the other night, he's an exceptional goaltender who I could make arguments statistically in a lot of different ways. There are other guys who should have been third on that list, but there are other arguments that says he should have been included. You saw what he's capable of. He's had a hell of a year. He happens to play behind a great team, not just offensively, but defensively. And when you start to weight some of those metrics, I would make the argument a guy like Connor Hellebuck should be there instead. But there's something to be said for his consistency. And so as much as I want to rip GMs, because I think I know how they arrived at this conclusion, I, I guess at the end of the day, it's not terrible, because the reality is 1-2 is Florian Vasilevsky. And as long as they don't screw that up, I'm going to be okay with this. But that's there's the rub. It should be Marc-Andre Fleury your 2021 Vesna Trophy winner. And if the finalists are an indication that they prioritized wins once again, I hate to say it, that means we're going to have Andre Vasilevsky. And again, not that he's not deserving. When I break down all the numbers, in fewer games and fewer shots faced, Marc-Andre Fleury had an even bigger positive impact than Andre Vasilevsky did for the Golden Knights. He should be your Vesna Trophy winner. How close is it between Vasilevsky and Fleury? Because at certain points of the year, it seemed to flip back and forth. I mean, it did. The only argument at this point, frankly, Darren, is workload. Um, Because Andre played so much more than Fleury did. I mean, in terms of chances face, and that's what they use at ClearSight Analytics. Uh, And so these numbers will differ a little bit from shots, because the NHL has a tendency to overcount shots that weren't actually on net. Um, You're talking about 200 shots. So... Uh, or 200 chances, not an insignificant difference. But at the end of the day, the fact that you know goals saved, so we sort of measure defensive environment and how big an impact a goalie has relative to defensive environment. Like you know, easy. Not all shots are created equal. Are they hard? Are they? We can measure how difficult they are. Um, Flurry was the only goalie in the league to top 30 goals saved above expected. Vasilevsky's at 23, and actually Thatcher Demko was ahead of him. So that's a pretty significant gap. Seven goals when you face 200 fewer chances. And when you go to save differential in terms of, you know, on an average save percentage, what his is relative to expected, you know, the gap is he's plus 5%. No one else is even close. So, you know, outside of workload, um, it's a a pretty significant gap for Marc-Andre Fleury. Like it pretty, it should be as close to definitive as you could have given how close these goaltenders are in, in sort of raw numbers and some of the things that other people will be looking at, when you adjust it for shot quality, it's, it's pretty definitive. And when you talk about low-quality shots, that's the other thing. We all look at high-danger chances and things like that, but you know, consistency was the one where Grubauer enters the conversation fairly. Um, and to me, I look at low-quality shots and how many you gave up because bad goals, like, that matters. You give up a bad goal, a low-percentage goal, your team loses 87% of the time unless the guy at the other end reciprocates. That's the reality. Marc-Andre Fleury only gave up six all season. Grubauer was seven. Andre Vasilevsky, I believe, was 16 on a sim- you know, a similar amount of wow. chances. So, um, you know, that speaks to not only does he start stopping the tough ones, but it speaks to a level of consistency not giving up bad goals. Follow him on Twitter, Kevin's in goal. Also on uh, In Goal Mag uh, on Twitter, he's from uh, In Goal Magazine. Our goalie guru also writes for NHL.com. Uh, covers the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Kevin Woodley on the BGK Insider Show. 
So, Kevin, when you look at this season for Marc-Andre Fleury, like, did you notice anything different in his game that led to the, the type of stats that we saw from him this season? Well, I mean, some of the stats are, you know, at the end of the day, and this is where goalies behind loose defensive environments can, can sort of succeed more or get rewarded more in some of these, these measurements. Like, he faced a lot of high-quality chance, okay? And so in terms of his game, like, to me, it's the fact his game hasn't deteriorated. I love his post-play, his control. I felt like after all those years of sort of being out near the edge of the crease consistently, there were times where he seemed to be a little more reserved in his initial positioning, giving himself a chance on a lot of those cross-ice, slot-line, cross-seam plays, whereas that was the book before because uh, under the former goalie coach Dave Pryor, it wasn't hyper-aggression, but it was that you got out past the edge and you held. And that's what he loved about Fleury's game. That's why he identified him to come to Vegas in terms of the expansion draft. Like He liked goalies that got out there and had that level of patience where they didn't retreat with the play and make themselves small. And Flower's always been exceptional at that. I just find that that initial depth at times seems to be like he's picking his spots on that, and he's still not retreating. But by being even, you know, even sort of, we, we talk about heels in or heels out or toes in. Like that's the difference between your heels out is heels on the edge of the crease, so the back of your skate's on the edge of the crease, versus toes in, the toes your skates on the edge of the crease. And that might, might not seem like much. But on a cross-ice pass, that's one foot on either direction you're saving in terms of, like, that can be the difference between getting there two feet faster uh, or not. And I just find that picking his spots on a little bit more conservative, not excessively. And then we've, I mean, we've seen a constant evolution in his game. Like, this isn't, you know, people are like, what happened in Pittsburgh? Well, what happened in Pittsburgh was he didn't have a goalie coach for the start of his career. He had an old school guy. And once they brought in a guy that could teach him modern post play, like he's added all these modern elements over the years to his game, and yet he's never lost the flair. He's never lost the power. He's never lost sort of that ability to make a read and make a dynamic, you know, outside the box save. And yet the foundation, the technical foundation, continues to improve even now. And to me, technique and that technical foundation is what gives you consistency, right? You, if, you're, if you're stuck in it, if that's all you've got, you never reach the heights that Marc-Andre Fleury is reaching. Now, you have to have another layer. He's always had that extra layer. What's been missing is that foundation to provide the consistency. And to me, he's had it since Pittsburgh. But the fact that as he gets older, he's willing to still tinker with it and work at it and make adjustments here and there, uh, whether it's based on something he sees or the goalie coach sees or maybe other teams are exploiting and he needs to adjust. Like, those are the guys that have longevity. Roberto Luongo was like that in his game. Those are the guys that stick around a long time and climb the list that Marc-Andre Fleury has climbed this year. Those are the guys that end up being first ballot Hall of Famers, which to me, already, Marc-Andre Fleury is a no-doubter. This is why you listen to the VGK Insider Show for uh, information like this from uh, Kevin uh, Woodley, who's uh, on Twitter, Kevin's in Goal, and as well as uh, uh, Ingol Mag. Uh, this is uh, awesome uh, insight into the position. How I don't know how he's doing it at 36. That's the part that uh, that baffles me. And in a year in which uh, he had to overcome uh, what what occurred last year in the bubble and and losing his job uh, to to Robin Leonard, which nobody can really fight with because Robin Leonard played extraordinary. But uh, this this renaissance is also part of the story. I, I think from an age perspective, like you guys get to see him every day in practice too, right? Like. Mm-hmm. 
physically, um, he does all the right things. Like he's always had this athleticism. Early in his career, it was maybe a little, you know, less controlled. But you you look at the work he does in the off season. Like he doesn't. Like, is there any sign of him slowing down physically? Like, no. I don't see a loss in speed. I don't. You know, a lot of those elements that. Um, you know, you might expect to fade as he get into into his thirties. Like if you see him in the locker room, and unfortunately with the pandemic, it's been over a year since I've done that. But like, he doesn't look like uh, he doesn't look like he's getting up in, into his you know late thirties. Like physically, he looks like he could be twenty five, and I think that speaks to sort of how he takes care of himself. And as far as the mentality, um, you know, part of that is. You learn through adversity, and he's certainly been through it before. So the Robin Lehner thing, like, that's nothing he hasn't seen before. Just look at what happened with Matt Murray in Pittsburgh the last couple of years. But at the root of all of it is, and, and it sounds so cliched, but it's so true. Marc-Andre Fleury loves the game, and he loves to play the game. And it's not just lip service. You see it every time he starts. He's the only goalie left in the National Hockey League that plays last puck in the right. game day warm up, and that's the, that's the pregame warm up uh, thing where they where they yeah. try and score, and and uh, the backup always gets that job. Yeah, but Fleury doesn't. I asked him a couple of years ago why. He's like, because he loves it. It gets him into the game. It's fun, and a lot of people throw that word around, and and it doesn't mean much. But you've seen it in person. You you see it exemplified in playing last puck. He loves the game. He has fun playing the game, whether it's smiling at opponents, you know, giving them a wet willy and a scrum behind the ear in the playoff <laughs> series. He is ha- – or, or the pranks. He has fun. And I, I really – like, we use that at Ingle Mag sort of as a lesson to young goalies who can start to take things a little too seriously. Some guys start to take themselves a little too seriously. Like, look at this guy in the career he's had, and he will be the first to tell you if you ask that having fun is a massive part of it. And it's not just him saying it, it's in everything he does. And I think it, you know, it matters to him because he tells you and he shows you. And I think it's a good example for others to try and follow. If you, if you allow yourself to get too wrapped up in the outside stuff, you stop having fun. And that's when, you know, things can start to deteriorate on it. As long as he's having fun... I, you know, eventually Father Time is undefeated. But as long as he's having fun and, and the work he puts in because he loves it, man, it's kind of hard to see the, the sort of, you know, where that fall off begins for him because there hasn't been any sign of it this season. So in, in terms of the, the Vezina nomination, obviously that gives you an indication that general managers were, were paying attention, right? How confident are you right now that the right selection will have been made and that Marc-Andre Fleury will win the Vezina Trophy this year? Wasn't that long ago that I was really willing to put on, I like, I considered, you guys are in Vegas, I considered a large bet on Andre Vasilevsky. But there ha- just because of all the numbers, and listen, not because I thought he should, but because I thought he would based on general managers' voting history. That's just the reality of it. They're yeah. somewhat predictable. And the fact that Andre Vasilevsky was a finalist last year in you know a year where his numbers weren't even, we talked about Grubauer being in the teens and some of those adjusted numbers, and how can a guy in the top three of the league be actually not in the top ten of the numbers that matter when it comes to stopping the puck? Andre Vasilevsky was a finalist last year. He was in the 30s. Okay, um, they really do value wins and don't look beyond that sometimes, and it's problematic. And the fact is, Vasilevsky 
has built the reputation that he's the best goalie in the world. And he is. I wouldn't even argue that. But you, that just because you're the best goalie in the world doesn't mean you had the best season in the world. I worry for Flurry's chances because he wasn't even close to the best season last year, and Vasilevsky was still a finalist. So he's almost in there by default. I will say there, I don't want to say career achievement award, but there has been times in the past, and for a while I thought this was the Jim Carrey effect. They did not want to risk another Jim Carrey. They would never give it to sort of an up-and-comer. You always had to prove it for a couple of years before they give you a shot at the Vesna or include you in the nomination. I think some of that personal sentiment can creep into the voting. Well, that would and help Flurry, wouldn't it? that's the thing that puts Flurry over the yeah. top. I agree. shouldn't be, because by numbers he should be there alone. It shouldn't require sentiment. But, man, I hope they add that to their voting decision, because then it just makes it a no-brainer. And this is nothing against Vasilevsky. I just called him the best goalie in the world, and I believe that. But Marc-Andre Fleury just had such a great year. And, hey, I'm biased. You guys watch him every day. It's hard. How do you not love this guy? You right. want to see good things happen <laughs> to good people, and I count him near the top of that list in the National Hockey League. I, uh, I asked you for 10 minutes. Uh, we've uh, taken up 15, so very appreciative of your time, although most of the extra time that we've got is your own fault because you talk so much. So. Well, I was going to say, the fact that we, you asked more than one question and got, and got it done is exactly. a credit to you guys. Um, so I do a podcast with Kevin, uh, along with uh, leaning on him uh, with uh, the VGK Insider Show, uh, bringing you this type of information. And yesterday, it was a big scramble for me. I had some big technical problems, and they were very gracious in working with me because I couldn't get online at home. Mm-hmm. I was uh, locked out of my home network. I figured it out. I'm going to tell Kevin the uh, the scenario as it played out. I want to tell you because I was complaining yesterday on the radio show. Yeah. Uh, so on, on Cox Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. uh, you have parental controls. Uh, the other day I took a nap, and I wanted to make sure I got my nap, and I didn't want it to be more just like 30 minutes, so I shut off my phone uh, from, the, from the home network Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. parental controlled myself. Wow. And then forgot. So, uh, so the, the the three days of scrambling, including uh, putting Kevin and uh, and our good friend David Hutchison uh, all through the ringer yesterday, was because I'd shut off through the parental controls my own access to the home Wi-Fi, and I wanted to admit that in front of the world that I'm a complete dork. I apologize, oh, that, Kevin. That is classic. And that's the kind of thing like when the kids were younger, you know, you put the, the sort of like so the cupboards couldn't open and you could yeah. never do it yourself as yeah. an adult, right? Like yeah. you're supposed to be child-proofing and it turns yeah. out you just idiot-proofed it, which in my case means I myself-proofed it. I so hide my wallet. Not just me. I hide my wallet so uh, so the kids can't take the money out of it and then I forget where my wallet is. Uh, that's, that's basically it. So, uh, Kevin, thank you for today and I apologize for yesterday. Uh, you, listen, you don't have to apologize for yesterday because the story behind it more than made up for <laughs> <laughs> I admit it for all, all of Las Vegas uh, to hear. Uh, Woody, uh, enjoy tonight. you got a couple of great great ones uh, with the North Division and then obviously this West Division uh, showdown between two Vesna Trophy finalists. Uh, it's going to be like Carey Price, Connor Hellebuck. They've won Vesnas, and uh, in this game tonight, uh, two finalists uh, here at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, thanks, pal. Listen, enjoy it. You guys in person, I am very jealous. Uh, Love the atmosphere and even seeing it from a distance. And one day, pandemic be over, we cross the border, and I'll be down there to watch one with you. And uh, and Ryan Wallace, I also credit you for asking that question of Kevin right off the bat as I put you on. <laughs> yeah, no, you fed me to the wolves. It's totally fine. <laughs> like, it, it worked out. It was great. Yeah, I'm, I'm awesome. willing to do it. Yeah, but uh, you, you knew exactly what you were doing. Exactly. Uh, thanks, Woody. Be good, buddy.
Thanks, guys. Have a great night. There's Kevin Woodley, uh, Kevin's in goal on Twitter and uh, in goal mag on Twitter uh, as they uh, run one of the great uh, goaltending sites and information. And he's he's awesome. He's so, honestly, he's the smartest person I know at understanding the position. I mean, that was great. Yeah. Honestly, it was it was really great, and it's it's nice to deep dive every now and again. Every now and then. And it was fantastic. Well and done. Great booking by you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I booked it like 35 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's also great news that Marc-Andre Fleury, based on the numbers, mm-hmm. should win. So we've got that going for us. Uh, when we continue, hour number two, uh, we will get into what's going to happen in game three of this West Division final. We'll hear a little bit of sound from Pete DeBoer. Uh, Shea Theodore was also at the Zoom podium uh, today. Uh, give you an idea, again, what to expect in the building tonight, or if you're watching on TV, listening to the radio, what kind of atmosphere is coming your way. It's the VGK Insider Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Just hanging out, ranked, coming alive. Starring Lana Tony just walked by. She's going to join you on the pregame show in just over an hour. Yep. Uh, they uh, are doing some content over here in the VGK side with Katie Schmeichel. Uh, Everybody's so happy today. Isn't it cool? It's festive. Yeah. It's really festive. And and I, I for one, am right there, too. Like, again, I couldn't wait to get to the rink today. I'm just happy here in this moment and have a good feeling. Mm-hmm. I have a good feeling. Has it, uh, have you tightened up at all as the day's gone on? No. No, not really. I have. I was loose and casual this morning, not a worry in the world. <laughs> really? And as, uh, as we get closer to game time, uh, tighten, uh, tightening up uh, just a little bit. Uh, we have our number two coming up, Pete DeBoer commenting on game three and what it's going to be like uh, with fans in attendance and a little bit about uh, the penalty kill and the power play of the Colorado Avalanche, uh, where that series is, uh, is going to take uh, this set between the two special teams. Oh boy, Colorado's power play is going great uh, yeah. uh, so far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Plus, we'll, we'll tell you why the Golden Knights should win tonight. And it has to do with the predicament of being 0-2 and also the performance of the Colorado Avalanche. It may look like a, a long shot, but really, the Golden Knights are in a prime position to answer back tonight. I have a theory for you. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.